Check, check, check. Rowan here. One throw at a time podcast. It's going to be official. We're going to have our own Instagram, YouTube teaser. We're going to be putting clips out there into the world. Hello. So that they can hear our sad stories. They our heartbreaks. Hear our sad stories. Our heartbreaks. to one throw at a time a player's perspective on the game that builds and breaks our hearts and Rowan we know all about the heartbreak after this past weekend we were at nationals in San Diego and we lost in the finals uh, to Johnny Bravo from Colorado congratulations to them sad for us so uh, let's go ahead and I know we have a couple of really exciting interviews to get to today that it, that are pertinent to uh, the Nationals' journey from other teams' perspectives, but do you want to just give a little bit of a rundown of, one, how you're feeling, and then maybe after that, walk us through Truck Stops Road to the finals? Yeah, fortunately, you know, we have two amazing people and players, um, Ben Katz and Will Laurie, coming on to kind of take us home through semis and finals. Um, you know, my voice is... Is feeling it, I'm sure, just like yours. So it'll be nice to have them help us kind of get through this podcast. But yeah, I'm happy to to take us to semis and share a, shed a, some light on on how we're feeling. I think the last time we checked in with you on one throw um, at a time, we were in a treehouse in San Diego. Me and Johnny had got there a day early, and we were did we just picked up a phone with the voice recorder and talked for about 10, 15 minutes. So since then, a lot has happened, a lot of highs and several lows. And uh, yeah, let's just jump right into the action Thursday. Um, 3-0 offensively, didn't get broken, which was extremely exciting because we did turn it over. But one of our goals all season long was to play great defense, so we we got it. We kept getting it back when when we needed to. So we had a ton of confidence after Thursday. The whole team played great. Our the defense stayed on the field so long and let let us save our legs and we won the pool, which was big. I didn't want to say it to my team early, but like winning the pool was really important to me this year because it's it's been such a battle for me on how many games I can play. You know, with some of my hamstring and Achilles and big toe and shoulder pains, just old age. So getting that by was was critical for me. But along the way, and I'm going to love to hear kind of what you think here is, you know, the pools did not go to seed. And, you know, for our reward of winning 3-0, all of a sudden we kind of had to face a familiar rival, familiar foe, those North Carolina boys that we have not had that much success with in critical games. So what were your thoughts when, you know, it turned out that our quarterfinal game was, in fact, the defending national champion? 
Yes, well, as we know, I'm not a huge fan of following along with the pools and the bracket. Um, so the first time I found out, I was uh, luxuriating, relaxing out on the deck of our Airbnb. We just won all our games Thursday. I was maybe tossing some cornhole. Step inside, and Tyler is having a panic attack on the couch. Oh, wow, you're going to call him out like that. Because <laughs> he's been watching these games. And he's been like seeing this unfold right before his eyes where the two things that needed to happen in that pool for us to probably play ring the next day after their pre-quarter happened. So ring lost on universe to Rhino in the last game of the day after having the disc 10 feet outside of the attacking end zone. Um, and Vault, our friends from Virginia, shout out Vault, they played a great tournament, uh, ended up beating Revolver. So that pool got kind of all switched around right at the end of the day, and Ring ended up in the second spot there, which meant that they would be pushed onto our side of the bracket. Um, And when I first heard it, I mean, naturally I had some nerves because Ring's a great team, and it's important to respect your opponents and and understand that, especially at nationals, everyone's going to be fighting for their lives, giving all they have. And, and what Ring has is a very talented team. And so nervous at first, but I knew that the only way for us this weekend was through, you know. And so with that in mind, I just started to pump myself up for the matchup. I know some people were watching the pre-quarters scores uh, the, the morning of, um, and Ring's uh, ended up beating Temper. Um, going on a, I think like a 10-3 run or something yeah. at the end of that game. Tyler um, was still glued to a seat, you know, hoping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was too. I mean, yeah. I was checking out the score because it was an interesting game, but um, we ended up getting the game we wanted and um, we stuck together as a team that game, ended up winning, which was really gratifying because like you said, we haven't had a lot of success against Ring or New York or just these big teams in critical games, um, which set us up for a semifinal against Pony the next day, um, which was also a little bit strange just because playing ring and pony, you'd think it would at least be semis and finals, but that's how the bracket worked out. Um, And I think that that could have also played a role in the way that the tournament ended up going just because it was such an emotionally draining game, that pony game, which I'm sure we'll hear more about from from Ben later on. But Grant Lindsley goes down with a, just this horrific injury, kind of a, a freak accident running down full speed on the pole and runs into one of our players, has to get uh, carted off the field in, in an ambulance. Um, do you remember that moment? What was going through your head? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just like a huge wave because that was most of our team and my like first semifinal in so long or, you know, it's, and it's just like this big moment we all wanted. And then, yeah, just like on the second or third point, like everything changed. And yeah, I think it was just like almost yeah, traumatizing. And it's like a just a testament to, I guess, kind of our sports culture of just like how much everybody cares and wants him to be okay, which it sounds like he, he is doing better. But um, yeah, just like, that could be you, that could be your best friend, that could be your teammate, and a total credit to New York. I thought that they just um, played so well given that circumstance. Like, I just don't know how 
you know, you don't want to like pick names, but like, could you imagine if, you know, so-and-so who you've known your whole life, like it's them then. So I don't know how New York did it, but, but they pulled it together. And, um, yeah, we, we had the, um, like I, I reached out to Ben Katz yesterday to see, you know, if he's down to talk about the game and just New York's perspective and, credit to him he's honestly if, if you're always curious like who in the division is like the worst person ever who's the best person ever like ben katz is low-key one of the most like loyal best friends best people in the division so we were we were honored to get him on and yeah i guess let's maybe uh get his perspective on a little bit of ultimate a little bit about the tournament and and the game itself i'm just gonna get the recording on and then yeah uh yeah, we'll just like we'll just go back and forth, but um, yeah. Uh, first off, um, yeah, we're extremely um, excited to have Ben Katz on today. Um, ben has been, you know, arguably one of the best defenders in in the whole game, and uh, we had a we've had a long rivalry with UC in New York, but also uh, before that rivalry me and Ben actually came up uh, kind of on the same path. So Ben, first off, thanks for coming on the podcast, especially so um, so quickly. And I was just wondering if you could start um, by telling us the last time we played together, we were honestly like the last two cuts on a Boston Ironside team. And since then you've moved to New York and like I said earlier, have become one of the best defenders and players in the game. And I was just wondering, like, can you just take us through a little bit of that personal ascension to the top um, from the last time we played together? Uh, so, uh, first, thanks for having me. Uh, great to listen to the podcast. And it'll be fun to, to be on it. Um, yeah, let's see. Last time, last time we got to play each other or play with each other was 2014 or not 20, 2015 Whitecaps. Yeah, you're right. 2015 Whitecaps was a championship, but uh, yeah, the 14 yep. Garuda season. 14 Garuda. Uh, a lot of good players on that team. Um, yeah, I mean, we, as you said, we both both got cut from Ironside after being uh, part of the team the year before, which was pretty tough. Uh, but I mean, we were both a little raw. Uh, especially considering where we're at now uh we're, we're a little more refined yeah and you were like a, an o-line cutter back then and, and now all of a sudden you're, you know the the top of the class on defense so what what was the change there what happened in new york well i'm still an o-line cutter at heart i play i play o-line defense is really the the secret that everyone doesn't understand it's, I, I should be on o-line but um yeah, I mean, really, I came to New York and right away there are, hey, uh, maybe you should handle. Like, uh, okay. Because they, they were light on handling. It wasn't me as a bad cutter. Right. Uh, but handling, uh, turns out, is a lot easier on your boat. And so that's been a nice transition. And don't still get pretty tired by the end of the game, especially being on D-line. But don't... Uh, have to kill yourself nearly as much as as the cutters do um so it, it did take a little while to figure out how to to actually handle that 
Um, but I think I've, I've gotten into a pretty good handler groove. As for D-line, and like I said, I'm just playing O-line defense. It's the smart game, not the run around, be completely athletic matchup on your person. That's that's not what I am, obviously. Right. But just trying to play heads up and being with people that are also trying to play heads up is is the only way that that works. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely that chemistry where, you know, one person can't be like freelancing around the field. It seems like you have some other, you know, players around you that any in particular stand out of like when you two or a couple people are on the field that it's just like they got you when you jump the lanes or you're confident that they'll pick they'll pick your guy up. Oh yeah, for sure. And Jeff Babbitt to start is uh he is that beast athletically but he's also in a very intelligent defender so anytime we're on the field together there's a, a natural chemistry there and i can just let someone go deep and yell hey jeff and i'll go eat them up uh yeah, but for... then, yeah, they shouldn't throw <laughs> yeah. no, they, whoever has a disc in this scenario shouldn't throw the disc oh, okay. should not no. uh for for pony you got Guys like Ben Spielman, uh, Mike Dross, who played Exist this for the series, but was on the the Ponies World's Win. Uh, Saul Rushmire Bailey is a very heads up guy. Um, but really, we're we're trying to figure out how to get everyone to be on that level because uh, I I don't think we can't be. I think it's it's lot of room for people to get field awareness to get an understanding of what the defense is doing therefore giving you an idea of what you should be doing yeah i think that's where ultimate's headed where i think now a lot of players are just taught be close to your player and, and get the disc on defense but i think the way the youth ultimate's going and with the film out and players like you johnny bansfield out there i think you know, that communication switching team defense is, is where we're going to start to see it. So, um, yeah, ahead of your time, hopefully. And I just kind of also, you know, want to kind of start to, you know, you know, connect the dots to this past week at, at nationals. And uh, the first thing I want to say is like, as a tournament's going on, are y'all looking? Cause I know, DC and New York have had a little bit of a rivalry. The way the seeding and standings came out, we were the one seed, you were the four seed. Did y'all assume that it was going to be that semifinal or are you just like, well, we'll just take it one game at a time or was it fate? Was it inevitable in your in your opinion to, to match up against us in the semifinals? Yeah, we, we certainly try to take it one game at a time and you, it's nationals, you can't, overlook any opponent so you you have to be going into that game full throttle uh but yeah when it when things come out you look at where where the seating will probably be and by quarters by semis it's like okay truck truck in the semis that's fun uh and i mean a lot of people get hung up on seating but for me if you want to win nationals, you you have to beat all the best teams. So 
yes, there can be easier ways and easier path, but at the end of the day, if if you want to win, you got to do it all. So, yeah, it would have been nice to be a two or three maybe so we could see you in the final instead of the semis, but, uh, you know, had to <laughs> had to win yeah. that one to try to make it. Did, did y'all, I mean, one of the major, like, seating changes, I feel like, was Ring coming in to our side of the bracket. Did y'all see that pre-quarter? And it's like, okay, well, I feel like the three favorites going in, New York, Ring, and probably us, Truck Stop, all of a sudden they're all, like, scrunched up together. Did, did y'all think it was going to be Ring? Do you think that Truck was going to hit a wall in the postseason? Like, who did you think your matchup was going to be when you saw that, like, two of your probably toughest match matchups were playing each other beforehand. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely uh, started licking our lips just at the thought of you two having to go at each other. Um, as for who we thought we were going to play, well, assuming we beat Chain and we, we actually handled them pretty easily, but uh, you know, I think I think most of us thought it was going to be you. It was going to be truck um, ring. I mean, obviously last year was incredible and uh, they're a very good team, but they seem to have just, I don't know if it's championship hangover or whatever the case may be where we're not doing so hot this year and really never proved that they could. Um, yeah yeah no i agree and even playing them just like some mistakes and some turnovers even all the tournament like so but yeah um well it did it, it was truck stop and and we and we did inevitably meet in that semifinal. so yeah let's just kind of um rewind back to that game uh still probably fresh in both of our our minds um yeah and i know we we're talking before we were recording but obviously like the major like you know memory from that game was grant's collision on, on the second or third point and yeah i just remember like on truck stop side you know it was just tough but it, i could not even imagine that having that be one of my teammates and like i know grant like he's such a great guy but just when you have a teammate, it's like family. So I was just wondering if you could just take us through, like I saw a pony with a couple of huddles and like, first off, if you know um, how Grant is, it's, it seemed like he was doing pretty good from the last I heard, but can you just talk about kind of the emotional start to that game from, from New York side of things? Yeah, for sure. Um, for, first of all, Grant is, is doing all right. Uh, Last I saw him was on Sunday, and he uh, was was in bed, was able to com completely communicate. A uh, handful of us went to see him, and he was very happy to see us, and he could remember things and was was just Grant. Uh, but he, he had a pretty bad concussion, and... Uh, a brain bleed, but he was discharged, so they weren't concerned about that. But it seems like he'll make a, a full recovery, which is like all you want to hear. Um, yeah. As for 
the situation in the game. I mean, you never want to see that for anyone, your teammate or the opponent. Like that's it's just a a terrible thing to have to witness. And at first, it's just okay. What just happened? Everyone's immediately screaming for a trainer, saying he's knocked out. Like, what is happening right now? Um, and then, like, a little time passes. The trainer's there. I started to notice that the trainer was at first trying to talk to him to get a response. And then it seemed like there was a response. And I heard push against my foot and I, or my hand. And I saw Grant's foot push. So once, once that type of stuff happens, it just like really raises your spirits of, okay, it's not like, I mean, the, the scary thing that pops into your mind first is like paralyzed. And yeah. it's like, oh no, that, that can't happen. And so I see him push with his foot and I like, okay, like he's, he's all right. He's not paralyzed. Um, and then, yeah, the, I, I went to spread that word to pony guys because everyone's in a different place wondering what happened. Um, and then, yeah, we start the huddle. We get word that he's lucid. He's talking. He wanted to get up right on the spot. Uh, but obviously, that wasn't a good idea. So, But even him thinking about that makes you feel a little better. Um, they're taking him to the ambulance uh, to go to the hospital to get spanned. And it's like, okay, okay. So things seem all right. We're in our huddle hearing this. Okay, that's good. Um, like, process that how you will. Now let's realize that we might actually have to play this thing, which is yeah. the farthest thing from your mind at that point. Uh, so we were in the huddle, and I mean, BVH always has a, a pretty good finger on the pulse and a, a pretty good method for getting us to where we need to be. And so his his first uh, thing in the huddle was, hey, let's, let's go around and say something that that needs to be done now that Grant isn't on the field. And we're never going to be able to replace Grant because he's an all-world player. Yeah. But let's list the things that Grant does that we as a team can provide. And so everyone went around the circle listing everything, and it's not a short list uh, no. that, that Grant provides, but the, the big things that came up were like intensity, love, great teammate, like things that we can put on ourselves to to fill in the holes and so we get through that people are feeling a little bit better um just start to to get out there and throw around a little move around a little because at this point we we were stopped for a while and then uh yeah try to get in the the mindset of 
competing again. Yeah, which, which, to credit New York and and Pony, I felt like we've played so many times in the past. I thought both like the level of play, but also like, like it was kind of like a special game. Like there was no, there was nothing but hard ultimate being played across the board. There was no side conversations that have happened in the past. There was no like animosity. It was just honestly, it, like it was a pretty beautiful game, all things considered. Is is that the sense of the game? Y'all got it. I know the outcome wasn't right for you, but did you feel that you were kind of part of like a, a really special game after after uh, kind of Grant went out? Yeah, I mean, we, I'm sure other guys were thinking about it, but it was definitely in my head of, and you as truck stop are in a really weird situation as well. And again, no one that's out there competing wants to see that happen. And to have it happen at the very beginning of the game just puts puts a really weird spin on the game. Um, and I think we felt like we owed it to Grant to compete our hardest and make it just a great game. Uh, but hats off to you guys for being able to also step up and uh, refocus after that happened and again, make it a, a great game. I mean, it was, I, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm playing in it was clear that it was an incredibly intense, really good game uh, and not many uh, contentious moments, not many chippy things like sure there were were some physicality things both ways, but I mean that's gonna happen in semis. Um, and yeah, as for the whole game itself, I, I think that was it was classic really. Yeah, and as that game's going on, I, I know you haven't uh, had a chance to rewatch it, but going in, we obviously our offense like has a pretty uh, game plan, structured game plan. The small stuff, the quick stuff. Um, it felt like halfway through the game, like we were just like starting to go back to like jamming it on the open side, which we hadn't done all season. What's going through? like Brian's mind and your D line as that game's going along of like, you know, trying to stop our offense, which had been pretty much on the whole tournament. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we clearly knew uh, what you wanted to do and what you were very good at doing. So our whole thing was try to make you do something else. Um, And as for the, game plan and, and execution of it itself things got hairy pretty quickly obviously because grant is one of our if not our best handler defender and a lot of things you do is handler heavy yeah. so we had to kind of go back to the drawing board almost immediately based on that but uh yeah we we had several ideas of what we would be doing during the game, try to push you to the open side and try to keep it there, uh, which 
uh, at first was not particularly successful, but then, as you said, about halfway through, it felt like we were getting somewhere on getting you to that sideline, trying to trap you there, uh, make everything else look hard, uh, make the where we want you to go look easy. Um, and yeah, yeah, we were, I mean, we had our opportunities. We, we got the disc to the goal line several times and, and one way or another didn't put it in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great game both ways with adjustments, with execution. It's just, uh, yeah, a good one. And, um, you know, kind of from, and you're totally right. We had multiple huddles in, in that time you were talking about where like Daryl and Tyler, our captain, were like, we're starting, we're just living on this open sideline. Like, what are we doing? We hate it here. And yeah. like, we were starting to feel the, the pressure, the tightness for sure. Um, yeah. One thing that is a little conflicting style wise, which I wanted to kind of ask you about, you know, we're trying to take that small ball flow and like, this is and you got Jimmy just and then it. we have Jimmy who's like <laughs> like the only reason right now in ultimate that hucks are still acceptable is because what <laughs> Jimmy can do on the field like yeah what it what where do you stand between those two philosophies and is it just Jimmy's talent like once he goes hucks are dead or do you have some hope that the, the big ball game is still alive I definitely, well, obviously small ball at this point is is reigning a little more supreme. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy doing Jimmy things is incredible to see. And some of those throws in that game were the best throws I've ever seen him throw. Uh, and where I stand on it, I think I, I tend a little more small ball. Uh, just because that's my skill set. And I think that the percentages are a little bit higher. But it's really hard to do small ball if there's no threat of going deep. Um, so really my my biggest takeaway for going forward is I think it's going to be a lot of small ball, hit those resets, dink and dunk up the field. But 40 or 50 yard away shots are going to be the ones. It's not, uh, yeah, as, as long as Jimmy's, Jimmy's around, 85 yarders. Uh, but, and obviously, as the kids come up playing more and more, we'll be able to do things like that. But I think it'll be a 50 yard away shot doesn't matter that the receiver is not catching it in the end zone because we already have this built-in reset, dink, dunk, get to red zone, put it in. But without that 50-yard threat, it's just going to be front, front, front and make the small ball even harder. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, that's that's where I stand, too. And luckily we have kind of like the – Johnny's to to start hitting that, so maybe we'll bring that dimension in next year, and then and we'll go all the way. Uh, he so. was he was doing it during our game. He had know, some incredible he, he throws. He hit him, but um, yeah. Before I ask you about your your off season up here, I did have one more matchup written down, and um, yeah. Notice as y'all are down one or two late, you kind of have to bring 
Chris over to the D-line, try to get those breaks back. And he was working uh, against Christian Boxley, who like in DC, we know is like this, um, like our kind of our secret weapon. Um, yeah, anything about that matchup that comes to mind? So you guys starting to get some some, some respect for, for Christian? Or was that like Chris uh, needed to, to go try to get him? No, I think I think we've always had the respect for Christian. He's uh, incredibly fast, incredibly quick, and seeming to to come into his own with the disc as well. Um, he's a great player, and I mean your your whole team is so intertwined with good to solid to great players that there's there's no weaknesses really. Uh, and yeah, box. It was just he's doing his thing, and uh, Chris is uh, someone that might be able to do something about it. Chris is uh, an all-world player, all-world defender, and uh, can make someone work really hard. And I mean, Box got his on him, uh, but it's hard to to see anyone doing much better than Chris. Totally. Um... Yeah, and so, you know, I know you've had an incredibly long season, you know, pro championship, world championship, club just ended a week ago. Is is there any relief to get to the offseason, or are you still like, I want to go back to the ultimate grind with my teammates? What what do you have going on? You got any basketball or you, some relaxation? What's what's the offseason vibe for you right now? Um, I mean, you always want to be with the fellas uh, and – it it's nice during the season to have that always scheduled in for whatever two three times a week uh but now we we do a pretty good job of hanging out outside of that so i'm I'm looking forward to seeing people uh just in in more uh slow circumstances yeah are you going are you going to get ho-ho this year oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) you're coming right uh, we're starting to talk about some train tickets, Lizzie and um, Claire. So yeah, everyone's you know, coming. It's it's a lot easier. I will say, you know, I know it might be too soon, but it's 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 always tough going up there when New York beats me. So now, <laughs> you know, now it might uh, be a little bit easier for me to go up. Perfect. And hang with so me. no excuses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ho ho ho! One of the the best mixed teams in the world. We got there. But, um, and again, thanks for coming on, especially, you know, um, just a couple of days after after the season ends. Um, a lot of character and we all love you in D.C. and wishing wishing y'all all the best. So thank you. Thanks for having me, bro. Again, uh, thanks to, yeah, Ben Katz for coming on the podcast. We, we go way back. I got nothing but love and respect for him as a person first and, and as, a, as a player. And after the Pony game, we had finals on Sunday against Johnny Bravo, um, a game which, spoilers, uh, we ended up losing, uh, which was sad. And um, I know that Rowan and I feel have felt kind of a, a variety of emotions stemming from, uh, from that game uh, on a spectrum of grief to pride to... Um, myself sometimes even feeling like a little bit ashamed and there's just a lot that can go through one's head and heart I think when a season ends and so um, 
we've definitely had our fair share of those emotions um, and we don't want to drag you through those, at least not quite yet. Not quite yet. After maybe for part two. Maybe, maybe on part two. Maybe later. Um, but now we're going to hear from and hear the story of uh, one of the winners of that game uh, and one of the, the sort of heart and soul of Johnny Bravo, Will Laurie. Um, and I'm really excited to, to see what he has to say. Uh, we have Will Laurie here. Thank you, uh, first off, so much for, for coming on. Basically, a 12-hour turnaround. Just got your number from, from Lizzie last night. And thanks for making some time today to talk um, on our podcast. So um, if you're not familiar, Will Laurie um, is honestly one of the best players in the men's division, kind of bouncing back between Oregon and, and Colorado. And uh, we're excited to hear his story. Uh, first thing I got to ask, Will, is my co-host, Johnny, has on multiple times on our podcast and in life, um, talked about his incredibly difficult road to recovery after tearing his ACL. Um, and it, it really wasn't a great time for him. And it took took a lot of time for him to come back and find the joy and ultimate. So I just kind of wanted to start, you know, learning a little bit more about you. And, and I know you had that um, injury and, and can you just walk us through the mental and physical journey, not only then, but to come back and, and win the club championship? Yeah, totally, man. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Um, yeah. When, when Lizzie told me that you wanted to talk with Ben and I, I wish, I wish Ben could be here, but you know, this guy's got to work or some, some lame stuff like that. Um, but, uh, I, it's, from from that moment, like what Johnny was saying, just with that being a super difficult mental blow, it's I I can't agree more. Just as far as you know, it, you you hear of these kinds of injuries in bigger sports like NBA, um, NFL, soccer thing. Like it's a it's a serious injury, but it's also one of the most common injuries. But I think for me, basically since high school, basically since I knew what a ACL injury was, and actually I'll tell a little funny story. The first time I heard of a, or like knew what an ACL was, I was playing FIFA like 2014 or something. And I was doing the career mode where you're like the manager of the team. And I had some guy get a knee injury in one of the games that I was playing and it was like, this player has an anterior cruciate ligament tear and will be out six to nine months. And I was like, what anterior <laughs> cruciate ligament? Like, what is that? Like, how, how am I losing this little computer player for like Your star six, player? Yeah. For like, like six months in this, in this video game. And I went and looked it up and saw that it's, it's up there with the Achilles as far as the most or you know fractures or like really really bad injuries um as far as the recovery time and basically from that moment I was like oh man like that that'd be my my nightmare for that to kind of happen and then um and then I thought then I had this other school of thought where I was like you know both my parents had torn their ACLs um but later like post 30s and so I thought you know if 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 it's going to happen, it'll, it'll happen later. And so then to tear it 
in 2019 at like the age of 22 or something. It was just a completely devastating blow. Um, at that, at that time, uh, I was playing with Oregon ego and, um, we had gone to the semis the year before had just like the most crushing loss to UNC on universe. And, um, but after that loss, I was so sad, but I, I thought like, I still have two shots at trying to achieve my, my goal of getting a, a championship and especially with that group of guys. And then, um, the practice between, uh, president's day and Stanford, I tore it on like a contact kind of like went up in the air, got bumped, landed all wrong. Like as soon as it happened, I, I was, it, it was the craziest thing. Cause it happened. And I knew that it had happened as soon as it, as soon as the impact was felt like I just knew that that's what it was. And so I immediately went into like very devastated mental place and we ego struggled that year. We lost in pre-quarters to Michigan. Um, and my whole, and actually that summer, I didn't get to go to U24s with, um, in Heidelberg. Uh, I had gone in Perth. So I was, I was just thankful to have gotten one cycle at that point, you know, mm -hmm. like, I can't imagine how sad I would have felt if, if I hadn't had that other opportunity. So that, that was a bit of a blessing to have at least had that experience. So I didn't feel like I completely missed out. Um, but my entire focus was, all right, I need to come back. I need to come back stronger. Like this isn't, we, we can still win next year. And then COVID hit that year and canceled out that year. So I went from thinking that I had two shots two bites at the apple to just not even eating the apple at all. And I was like, and, and then I think it's a bit of a rambling response. Sorry about that. But the, uh, I have since realized, you know, it's just to even have three chances to play at college nationals is an incredible privilege. And there's a lot of people who never get to play at college nationals. And so through talking with a lot of people and, uh, people who had gone to smaller schools or been through similar things, I kind of learned to deal with, you know, like it, it, it was a bummer and it wasn't what I thought it would be, but it, I still had opportunities that other people haven't gotten to have. And so I, I kind of reconciled with that a little bit. Um, but then just the uh, last year playing with Bravo, it was, it was my first full season since my knee injury and um I, I came back feeling pretty good I had some hamstring issues I did a hamstring graft for my knee which can sometimes lead to that and um but I I even though like last year's Bravo team um we we had high expectations and we didn't it just didn't quite feel like we had it like the championship kind of factor i guess and and we lost in quarters and um well one one of the um like story not major storylines but of last year's nationals was the fact that there was two really good colorado teams at the tournament one being bravo and one being at 
what, what I sounded like was the Colorado Mama Bird program just trying to get ready for yeah. their nationals in the fall. Was that the case? And, and was there a merger between last year and this year? Yeah, so so that's that's like a really good point to bring up because it felt like last year's team, like we knew that we were missing some of the best talent in Colorado. Not, not that we weren't happy with the group we had, but it was just that's what the Boulder guys are doing this year. Like with the exception of basically Quinn Finer, like he he was a player who went and played at college nationals with that team in the kind of like makeup uh, nationals in in December or whatever but um we knew that we were missing some really good players but it's still like the goal was still the same and then um when we kind of fell short at national we at the end of the tournament we kind of bottomed out we lost 15-5 to dig in consolation and it just felt like a very kind of strange mental place and um going into this year Ben had said that he was going to play one more club season and he wanted to make sure that we played it together. And I am still, uh, still booting up the old career arc. So Mm -hmm. I thought that if there was ever a time to kind of remain in flux and, and prioritize this kind of important family uh, decision that it was, it was going to be this year and kind of a now or never situation. And, um, and so this year, to, to tie it back to your first question and like tie in the second question, the, um, the whole kind of goal going into the season was the Lotus guys aren't, aren't going to do Lotus again. They, they achieved what they had set out to do. I mean, I don't even know that they thought they were going to make nationals. Like, I think that was kind of a, a bit of a pipe dream for them. You know, it's a bunch of college kids and, yeah. and some, and some vets of the, mama bird program coming together and and for them to make nationals it was incredible and then when we knew that they were going to join back with bravo this year obviously it means that there are some really tough cuts some really tough roster decisions like we took 26 last year we took 26 this year i'm not sure how many new people we took but you know the if if you're taking seven or eight new people there's yeah seven or eight people have to have to no longer be on the team so that that was a really difficult mental uh kind of hurdle for the team just to have these new people in the mix um and then but with that with that difficulty also came this kind of new expectation of we have two nationals caliber teams merging into one and some of the young guys from that team are just incredible like and, and we knew that um but you never know if it's actually going to coalesce. There's plenty of super talented teams that aren't able to put it together. And then just to tie it into the knee stuff. um, My, my goal has always been to win a championship. I won worlds in Perth in 2018 and, you know, with USA teams, not, not the expectation is that you win gold in a lot of respects. And so it, it feels incredible, but it's not, I've always viewed, college championships club championships is kind of the pinnacle of what you can achieve in ultimate and then to be back out there and feel like I was back to 100% and have people telling me like it doesn't even look like you got injured in the first place and that kind of stuff and it's and it's funny to hear that because you're like that 
I wonder what I must have looked like the past two years then if yeah. <laughs> if I'm just yeah. now looking, I'm back to yeah. normal. But yeah. but um it, it was it was just pretty pretty surreal and, and it's still surreal. Like the 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 uh progression didn't always feel linear, but it 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 always felt like we were kind of building um even when we were taking losses and having tougher games and things like that. Yeah. And, and like with your goal of like that championship um, and especially in Ben's last year, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but at the end of Thursday, you were one and two, I oh, believe. Yeah. And I was just curious because Chuck, our team truck stop had actually played you on Thursday. You had lost to goat. We knew that. Um, so yeah, your goal is to win a championship. This is a huge season. You just merged, you're playing good all year. And then you're one and two on Thursday. Um, can you just talk a little bit about what you were feeling and maybe if some of your teammates and what the, the Johnny Bravo vibe was of like, this might not be the Thursday we had in mind. And what are y'all thinking for the bracket? Totally. Yeah, it, it was, so it was very strange like we came out against goat and it felt like we weren't playing our best there was some frustration like you know with with those new guys coming in there's there's people getting shuffled into different roles that they haven't played before there's people being asked to do things or take a step back that that can be really hard and and i think those things can sometimes break a team and but what was almost our solace on day one so that that goat loss we lost and it was kind of this very strange vibe around the team where i was like whoa maybe maybe we're not as good as we thought we are or maybe maybe this isn't gonna pan out you know sometimes you you the expectation is that it's gonna go one way and when it goes a different way you you kind of have to readjust and i think what was crazy about thursday is when we played you guys um we, I had the first turnover of the game where I just like threw an, um, just, just threw it away. And, um, and it, as, as that happened, I was kind of thinking like, oh man, I really hope that like this one turnover doesn't like really cost us this game. But at the same time, I kind of felt like it, it was going to, obviously that we had, we had four turnovers in that game. You guys had two really clean game. Mm-hmm. Um, but after I had that throw, I just had this feeling like this team that we're playing is too good to give opportunities to like that, like that, like we've played you guys a lot this year. We played you guys a lot this year. Um, the first game where we played you, we beat you, but it was this weird windy game. You weren't playing like there's, there was, you know, it, anything can happen in the wind essentially. Yeah. It was like 20 mile an hour up and down wind. Yeah. yeah just like a straight up wind downwind game, just a pretty like, it, yeah, it, it's good to win those, but it, you can also easily lose those on the other flip side. And I think what kind of like brought the team together was us playing well, you guys playing better and us kind of feeling like, all right, actually in the huddle after the, after the game, one of the first things that we were talking about was that's how it feels to play championship level ultimate, like these types of games where the margins are so thin, like we lost by three, it was 15, 12, and we had four turnovers. And it was just like, it's like, all right, if we can hang with this team, that's, that's the best 
then we we have a shot and going into tomorrow we need to we just need to understand that we can hang with any team. We just have to kind of just tighten up a little bit of the screws and like kind of make just a couple adjustments and, and hopefully we'll be able to ride that. And, and wow, things were kind of somber on the way back to the Airbnb, you know, a little more quiet. I mm-hmm. had the ox and uh, was playing a little more <laughs> downbeat stuff, you know, sure. and um and then for whatever reason, like we woke up Saturday morning and it just felt like the vibe had shifted. Like it felt like everyone had kind of taken Thursday's difficulties, internalized them and been like, all right, we can be better today than we were yesterday. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the first road to kind of getting to that championship game that I'm excited to hear about. But it sounded or just like looking through kind of the score reporter. First up was a universe point game. Um, I know we don't have time to go into the whole game, but, you know, can you bring us through at least universe point? Um, yeah. Pulling, receiving, or just a little bit of the, the vibe throughout that game? Yeah. We, so I won't, I, I've been given some long answers, so I'll, I'll try and keep it succinct. We, we came out and it was just pretty sloppy back and forth. And in the, and in the halftime huddle, I think we were down, down two breaks, maybe down to eight, six. And, um, and we were talking about in the huddle, it was like, all right, the first team that cleans it up, the first team that really buckles down is going to win this game. Like we're not out of this game. We just have to start executing. And then um, we got broken at uh, seven, nine. So it was 10, seven. And then, um, and then it was 12, 10. And then, but our, our offense after that in the second half only had one turnover, I'm pretty sure. And it was that one break. And then at 12, 10, we went on a run. Uh, I think it was a hold and then scored two breaks. So a three Oh run back the other way. And so it was 13, 12. And, and honestly, after we scored the break to make it 13, 12, I, I felt like we were just going to win that game. I just had this, mm-hmm. this sense of like, wow, we, we took a really big hit and we're now in a position where we can win. we lost a ton of universe point games this year. I think five. Or Us, six. Yeah. We, we got you once or twice too. And then that's, yeah. yeah. And, and, and we, and some of them were pulling, some of them were receiving, like we, we, we found every way to lose a universe point <laughs> game, you know? And, um, and, and for whatever reason, it just felt like, uh, Sockeye punched it in and then it was 13s and it was a really high pressure last point. There's, there were some opportunities where it looked like Sockeye might get a D um, Cole Wallen really stepped up on that point, just making some contested catches and we, and we just worked it down the field. And even though there were some tight moments, it didn't feel like we were going to make a mistake. And so it was kind of a, like, I've been talking about it with some other people and, and, you know, in, in those games, it's easy to think that a team choked it or something like that. And I don't, I didn't feel like that was the case with Sockeye. I felt like, I felt like they played a really good game. Um, and then just at the end, we were able to kind of mentally ride the wave and kind of outlast them. Um, and, and it was, it was really kind of crazy after, after winning, like, you know, you catch, catch that. And we all, we all went crazy. Um, and I like 
basically like we won a championship you know we're all like freaking out still alive um, with your with your closest friends and family yeah still oh, alive yeah incredible so yeah that that was a that was a pretty big step i think for us just getting over that universe universe hump yeah and i mean it also looked like you know you took that momentum you said your team's super happy and roll machine pretty pretty easily and and then that sets you up for the rhino semifinal do you still know you know a lot of those guys you know living out yeah, on the west yeah. coast and that game seemed like a little windy a little little crazy another crazy game for y'all and um yeah what, what was your uh recollections of that that semifinal game yeah ben ben and i kind of talked about it it felt like we almost alternated clean and like more just kind of wild games where it was like we we played a six turnover game with you guys and then we played i don't even know how many turnovers in the sockeye game and then we had three turnovers in the machine game and then that that rhino game both teams had 10 turnovers in the first half and we had been up 4-1 all of a sudden we're down 7-6 at half cuz it got half capped which is like i've never had that happen in <laughs> playing yeah, no, like, like, wow really been swilling it up in that first half and uh and um but something that our coaches outlined um and that it was a similar halftime talk to the like we just have to clean it up whichever team cleans it up we'll we'll pull it out but the uh in the first half our offense i'm pretty sure had nine turnovers rhino had nine break opportunities and they scored three of them and so to know that we were still playing good enough defense to get yeah. those turnovers back after, after we'd turned it. Cause that was a big focus for us all year was that the offense would turn it over and then kind of hang the head, slump the shoulders. Sure. Break. Boom. Yeah. Break. Oh no. Are we going to respond? And, and then the first point out of half was a clean hold. And then our defense, that was the thing about our defense this year is sometimes it just felt like, all we got the hardest parts of the games was just getting them back out on yeah, the field. get that one hold. Yeah. So they could win us the game. Cause it just felt like if we give them enough shots, they're, they're going to, they're going to get turns and, and punch them in. There's a, a lot of really great offensive players on that line as well as good defenders. Um, personally for me, that game was really hard. Cause I, I do know a lot of those guys i have been teammates with a lot of those guys with the traveling back and forth. If, if, I wasn't out in Colorado. I'd almost certainly be playing on that team. Um, so it was, it was a bit of a bittersweet uh, win, but at the same time, there were, there were a lot of people who came up to me from that team after where they're just like, you know, we're, we're rooting for you. And that, and that helped make me kind of feel more at peace with just the decisions that I had made that kind of led me to, to that, that game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, to, to play against them. But, um, yeah, and after that game, did you all stay to watch you guys go home? Did you watch the other semifinal? I know some teams like to watch. Mm. Who are we going to play, New York or D.C.? Or are you just, like, trying to save your mental energy? What was the – what were you all up to that evening? Were, were you watching? Were you were yeah. just hanging out? We went and grabbed some tacos at Oscars, which was a, a nice um, – that place is really good. I don't know if you've been there. Next time you're saying we, we go to La Playa. That's like our favorite taco. Oh, 
All right, all right. Well, next year we go to La Playa. You guys go to Oscars. And, and we, we win the championship. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I mean, all right. I, you said it. Um, but uh, the um, – and and so – and then we went back to the, the Airbnb and we watched your guys' semifinal. And I just want to say, like, I cannot imagine after – like, with that injury happening so early in that game, like – it's just such a stark reminder of of how how much of just just how fragile like the entire ecosystem that we live in is there's there's such a scary moment like as we were sitting there we we were kind of even surprised that the game was gonna go on like i i i think it for me i i felt like it was a very just scary mental kind of thing where it's like how do how do we play this this game after something so serious happens and and then but at the same time you know that it's it's why we're out there and and when you guys really took the field it, I just was kind of in awe at how well you guys were able to play even though I'm sure you guys were going through a full emotional gambit of just kind of like, you know, there, there are things that are bigger than ultimate and it's, it's, it's a, it's a fine line. So, so that, that was something I just wanted to acknowledge and say that um, I really commend you guys for, it looked like a, a really spirited game, really clean game, um, especially on that stage and with, and with something like that happening. Uh, so, so that was, that was kind of what we were up to. We watched the semifinal and, kind of and and prayed for grant and uh and just that everyone everyone would keep having fun and keep keep doing the things that they loved yeah and it, it does sound like he's he's doing better so that was clutch did you um uh did y'all have a preference on who to play just like um did you want a re another rematch with dc or do you want to try a pony like was there like 50 50 like who did you guys who would you rather see and i know it's not good to, to pick an opponent I, I would say for, for us, it was like a 70, 30, we wanted to play you guys over New York, like, and, and both of them had aspects of like revenge games in that, in that way, where with pony, we lost them on universe at pro champs. We had the disc at 10, 10 could have, could have gone up 11, 10 and we had a turnover and then traded out the rest of the game. And with you guys, you know, I, I honestly, you guys have been my favorite team to play all year just because I feel like our vibe is very similar. I feel like we're pretty, pretty chill teams, you know, like it's not yeah. uh we, we both don't take ourselves too seriously. I feel like in a lot of respects, like obviously we want to be performing at the highest level and like, but we're not losing the fun in that, in that headspace. Like, I think, I think both our teams had a really good balance of understanding that both could be true. Like you can play amazing ultimate, but also be having a great time just throwing with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, Johnny's brought that vibe to us. Just, you know, having fun with our friends, but the revenge game was honestly pretty much all bravos. I, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Just one like, did, was there adjustments? I mean, I know we had a few mistakes. First off y'all played the, super clean game. I know you and Ben were saying you were going back and forth. So your O-line brought the super clean game. 
D-line did, did good enough to get, I think, three or four, which is the most breaks we've given up. So was there strategic adjustments? Was it just all heart and hustle? What was the, you know, you guys got us in the biggest spot. What was it? So there, we did make adjustments. Our, our defensive coach, Tim Kefalis, um, he's, he's been, his name's been getting bandied about, you know, since, since we won. Um, but, but we, you know, we struggled to stop your guys' offense so much. Like you guys just looked unflappable in, in so many of our games. And, and we kind of, so we did a different, we did a little twist on kind of our force middle that we'd been running all year. Yeah. Tried to make you guys play more to the sidelines to mm -hmm. try and make you kind of go um, try and make you guys throw more like kind of wide, uh, wide arounds or things like that. Not let you guys just chisel us with your insides. And, um, and we're really trying to, and then I, I think it's an adjustment that, a lot of people make against you guys. And I, I think Timon was talking about it in his post game, maybe, but just that where, you know, downfield force them out. Like, don't, yeah, don't <laughs> like we don't let them just chip, chip it 10 yards at a time. Cause you guys have made like, honestly, watching your guys' offensive system. It was one of the coolest systems I'd seen. I'd, I'd never seen a team really play like that. And so I, um, so, and, and we recognize just how lethal you guys were in that space. Um, and so uh, there, there was some defensive adjustments. And then the, the other part of it that I would point to is, is we, um, we didn't, I, I don't feel like we felt the moment, like the pressure of the moment in, in this, like Ben said it in his interview and, and he, what he was saying basically was, you know, there's a lot of pressure on being the best team for an entire season. Like that's, it's really hard to have all the expect, like if you're the one seed, well, if, if everything goes according to seed at the yeah. end of the tournament, it's, it should be a win. So, so we almost had this kind of more just as, as cliche as it sounds treated as any other game, like let's go out, let's have fun. No matter what happens in this game, win or lose, this season has been a success. we, we did everything that we, or we proved everything we wanted to prove. And, and if we can just get this one last result, then, then we'll have completed basically like a dream season, like in a lot of, in a lot of respects. And, and it, I mean, it certainly was, and sounds like the dream season, especially as, as you alluded to earlier, sounded like Ben, your brother could be his last season. And um, you were able to celebrate that with him. Can you just, Tell us a little bit about that connection, because I know, you know, the Lorries and Ultimate are very close. You have some great players. Lizzie's here in D.C. now. But what's it like to win with your brother, family there? And can you tell us some of the challenges that, like, you've gone through to kind of make it happen? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was crazy. Like in the in the final, I I got to throw a huck to Ben all season. You know, I'm more of a more yeah. of a cutter. Ben's more of a, a shooter. I Musa Jaw was playing some really great defense on me. Like I, I think he was just. It seemed like I, I'm not sure that you guys were like, don't let Will go Finish. deep. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, totally. Yeah. That's exactly what was happening. And and so I I felt like I just had to make the adjustment and be like, all right, I'm fine. Like 
I, I think in a lot of spaces in the past, I would have tried to force the issue and just like continually. And, and I think that happened a little bit in our earlier game, even just where it's like, I want to go deep, but that's not what our offense needs. It's not, it's not where I should be right now. And so there was kind of just a cathartic moment where I caught an under after we had had a turnover and, and got it back. And, and I saw Ben go and he just had the shoulder and I, and I was like, I, I have to throw this. Like I'm this, this is, this is what we've wanted our, our entire careers. Just, just a chance to on the biggest stage, have a connection like that. And he made a great read and ran it out. And, um, but that, that moment for me kind of encapsulated a lot of what we had been, what we had wanted, I guess, from playing together, just that, that kind of like mutual that just vibrating on the same frequency being like, there's, there's my brother, like, trust that guy. Like, I'm just going to put it up to him. And, um, and, and then after, after we won, uh, you can, you can see it on the, on the replay of the point he like collapsed. He, like, <laughs> he couldn't walk. So he's just like laying on the ground, just like laughing and kind of like sobbing. And it was, it was just this, I was just so happy for him. Like he's, he started playing at Lewis and Clark basically, or like played in high school as well. But like he, he went from a D three program that didn't really ever have a chance to compete for a championship. And when he, when he came to Bravo after they had won in 2014, he was hoping to be on a team that was competing for championships and it never really worked out. And so it, it felt like kind of the final piece of the puzzle for, uh, for his, kind of career I guess it's just like the one thing that it felt like he he was missing I guess um and then the challenges you know it for me it was it was difficult just kind of living in flux the past two years to kind of like uproot yourself and and be in two places at once isn't something that I like or um and it makes it difficult to make future plans and things like that but the but to kind of have it all end this way it it felt very just kind of validating or, or just that, that it, 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 the sacrifice had really meant something, I guess. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I've, I've, I have, uh, my younger brother got me into ultimate and I've always dreamed of playing with him, but to play in the national championship, throwing it to each other, that's unbelievable. And, um, crazy, first man. off, congratulations to all your hard work and, you know, Johnny would say it better, but for the mental and physical grind, your injury to come all the way back you played so well this year i saw you six times we played you all year thought you were an incredible individual and your team was deserving of the championship so thank you so much for coming on thanks so much ron thanks thanks for having me on okay there you heard it national champion will laurie congratulations especially given you know some of his his story that that he talked about and you know shout out the the Lori family. Ben, congrats on your last year going out a champion. And we want to say a big shout out to the Lori parents and Lizzie. I know that they were all supporting as well. And Lizzie has done so much to build that um, Molly Brown program that won a championship as well, even though Lizzie's now in DC. And just a, a huge, huge shout out to that family. They're also great folks. So even though we were on the losing end. Got to be happy for them. Great. So that will do it for our episode one 
Um, we're going to do a part two where we do some of our normal stuff. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but if you enjoyed what you heard, if you want to help us grow the podcast and keep great guests and interviews coming, um, the best thing you can do is tell a friend, one friend at a time. Thank you, Gabe. Shout out Gabe <laughs> Webster. Um, you can also leave us a rating on your podcast app um, or just, you know, send good vibes our way. We need it because we're sad boys right now. Um, stay tuned for part two. We'll see you there. Mm-hmm.